Rolling. We're rolling. All right. Artists we know. This is Aiden. This is Kyle. Today we're here with nobody. We're gonna <laughs> just jump right into it. Um, no small talk today. Uh, there's a whole outline we're working with. So if you wanna go ahead. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for having. Yeah, me. of course. Thanks us. for coming. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having this this idea. Yeah, absolutely. This, this sort of movement. Um, I'd like to start with a sort of a centering prayer. Um, to sort of establish uh, our intention and direction with where we're going to be leading the next hour. All right. Okay. So this is a poem from one of my dear friends, Jacob Kramer. And uh, it's, a, it's sort of a prayer for creative healing. The title is Query. What am I seeking? I meditate and feel at peace, but at some point the sages all say something very uncomfortable, like, you may have to die for the way, and everything. All the acts of the spirit I know become loose dirt. I know I want that way I would die for. What are its contents? Lord knows. A golden cloud? I only know I want to be able to die like doing the dishes. You were chosen. There is no point evading it. The star-sighted gift was for you. Is this the measure of all creation? The time of agony and sorrow spent abiding and unknowing while questioning to know? You were chosen. How pathetic to waste the fresh day in old solutions, acting as if forgetting you were chosen. There are those counting on us. Grant us the courage to treat ourselves with the sincerity of those tasked by God or loved by a friend. Show us, show us, where have we failed? Where have we gleefully unhitched and forgotten our burden, faithlessly forgotten our burden. So you know this person? Yes. Yeah. Um, is this a recent poem? Yeah, he, he wrote it recently um, uh, as a part of a collection of poems hmm. um, in the uh, Unseasonable Light, I believe. Okay. Yeah. He's been writing for a while? Yeah. yeah. He, he's a good poet. Word. Yeah, um, I mean, we've had one, Thomas kind of did poetry. Some poetry. But, uh, no, it's always interesting because I feel like poets nowadays, it seems like they're not harder to come by, but less, I don't know. Is it one of those things where like everyone is a poet, so when someone's actually doing it, it's like more genuine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. like when someone's really like devoting action to yeah, it. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's totally, he's totally devoted to this specifically uh, the poetry so cool. and is his uh poetry kind of in the same line with your whole yes yeah yeah um, um well first should we get into do you want to move to the two principles or do you want to get into what uh your what's kind of going on what you guys are doing yeah so sort of a segue but between this poem and the sort of principles that we're dealing with uh in the art that that myself and the other nobodies are doing um is that we it we are trying to recognize why art is here in the first place <laughs> okay mm. and uh, we think that that is as a psychological tool for transformation um, and there are certain things that are naturally a part of that and so as you can see in this um, we, ha we have a lot of references, it's a prayer, so it's, uh, it's, uh, its contents are, are spiritual, mm -hmm. and it's sort of, um, in talking with the poet, he, he, he emphasizes that this, this pro poem is a question, mm -hmm. and that a lot of prayers are in the form of a question, that is, that they are meant to, not to answer anything, to give us any sort of fixed ideas, but in order to pull us with some kind of gravitational energy towards the potential for um, discovering solutions that mm -hmm. may arise in any of these various contexts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So our context, <laughs> I haven't really said yet, but what we're doing is street art. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing um, is often viewed as graffiti and it, a lot of it is illegal. And um, a lot of it 
is uh, directed in the form of a question and a question about our highest values okay. as people and about the value of art in general as well. Um, around campus, you can find questions <laughs> like, is this vandalism? <laughs> and that sort of self-referential, yeah. you know, um, question I think is rather humorous, but it's also like, um, what kind of art are we creating and what kind of art are we destroying hmm. and ignoring? Yeah. So do you feel that, cause some people feel like everything is art and some people feel like only certain things are art or anything man-made I should say is art. Um, do you feel similar? I mean, cause some people I think would argue like, some people mm -hmm. argue words aren't art. Mm -hmm. I would say I think they are, but I think they some can people, they be. can be. Well, yeah. but like, even just like letter forms, like hmm. that's all, I mean, it's all, yeah. a, you know, a creation by someone or a group of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose I'm less concerned about like the, the question of like, what is art? Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the question of like, what does art do? What are the effects of um, like culture at large, mm -hmm. like, um, there, there are certain things like in graffiti art where somebody will say something <laughs> that I find offensive <laughs> and, and so I'll blot it out and say something else. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a question of like, um, it, of really what are its effects on the people that it's reaching. Mm -hmm. So like, the effect can be aesthetic, but I think oftentimes um, it's in a very like direct psychological way that um, is is maybe more uh, um, poetic or even just even just psychological. Like um, a lot of what we do isn't even poetic at all. It's just using psychological principles. Mm -hmm. Like these are what the principles es essentially are. So there's two basic principles which we have. Um, guiding uh, as sort of uh, gravitational centers of of what we're trying to do. Okay. Um, one of them is called the the vernacular conception, and uh, I sort of describe that as a, a street art that um, does away with the esoterics of either high art or the graffiti art movement, um, in the sense that it's a visual language that can be understood by anybody who sees it. So when 99% of like what is considered graffiti mm -hmm. is just somebody writing up their graffiti name, which um, may or may not be legible, one, and may or may not, number two, mean anything to anybody other than the person that's making it. Yeah. And that's just like, that's just like the, the world of high art mm -hmm. in, in, in that like, it's just like very, very few people just talking across the rest of culture to each other without any reference to what's good for anybody else mm -hmm. just for each other and just to move little atoms of their own you know um neurotransmitters rather than to really move large populations of people mm -hmm. so the idea of um of a, of a vernacular conception is uh is to create art and to create uh a um graphic poetics al along the cityscape that can be understood by anybody who reads it and that is grounded in um, in a vernacular, you know, that uh, that leads us to sort of the second idea, which is that well, there's 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 another idea that's sort of a part of a vernacular conception, which is that the, all this whole thing is guided by psychological principles, and we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But the art without ego is is another um, idea of like we're not putting up names, we're not just here to put up our name on a wall, um, and as such we are interested in doing things that uh that cannot be easily identified as as us as me or anybody else there are people that are doing stuff that are similar to the vernacular conception and to to what the nobodies um in in the city but they're not they they don't they don't know about you know 
the, these principles. So they're like sort of running a parallel to us. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you guys have seen the stickers like be free, mm-hmm. you've, seen, you've seen those. Um, so, okay. <laughs> if you guys will let me digress in this yeah, yeah, yeah. nerdy or, psycholinguistic shit. No, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there's, we're, we're deeply inspired by the world of meditation and the research that comes out of, of the world of contemplative science and contemplative neuroscience. And one of the really interesting discoveries is, and the, the really interesting studies that they've done is, okay, um, what is meditation and what is not meditation? Mm. And wh- how does that show up as a matter of language? Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to guide somebody towards a meditative state, what words have they used in the con- great contemplative traditions? And it turns out the sort of new age positive affirmations are nowhere to be found in really any um, religious contemplative practice tradition. Mm-hmm. What you do have is something um, slightly different, but actually quite different as a matter of results. So the, the, there's a real difference in saying be free to may you be free. And it may seem like very subtle, um, you know, to say uh, you are happy, you are good, you are well. And it's a very different thing to say, may you be well, may you be happy. It, it's sort of a causal, uh, in Zen they would maybe call it the backward step. So it's sort of um, going back a little bit earlier in the causal chain. It's not assuming about anything about how you actually feel. It's mm-hmm. not trying to push away any of your reality. It's accepting whatever the terms are and bringing in this new kind of kindness, a recognition of our common humanity as people who suffer. And the results of, of scientists creating these sort of fake m- meditations based on these linguistic variations um, is something that I think artists can, can and should make use of because what, they're trying, what artists all should try to do is try to emancipate humanity and um, to free us into psychological well-being and into social change. And you think all artists should? Yes. Okay. I think that's sort of the function of art from its very foundation. Mm. And I think that uh, p- artists that, that don't do that do, do so at their own peril, but also do so at the peril of the, the society that they live in. So what about like early art, like um, cave art depicting a hunter hunting a buffalo? You know, yeah. is that, do you find that to follow that kind of guideline? Or do you think that's more of just like a documentation of life, you know? Because I think some people would argue that uh, art can be used to just document the times. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I mean, especially before a written language, mm-hmm. I would... So you, are you saying then that post-written language, it should mm-hmm. be something different? Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, to your point. Okay, okay. Um, I think depictions of, like, cave art um, were telling a story that couldn't be told other than possibly, like, between some spoken language. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't have necessarily a full written language at that time, or any written language, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's I an mean, interesting question, because yeah. on some level we're doing, like, the same thing. Um, and a lot of people are doing the same thing mm-hmm. and like the, um, I would never say that like the beautiful bubble letters of, you know, the graffiti artist, um, isn't art. Like I recognize that there's technique there, mm-hmm. that there's like skill and that there's a, a whole world that that exists within. Um, but I think that, that those people working in graffiti, um, can be enlisted to take the next step, which mm-hmm. is, um, which is to sort of break some of their conventions and, um, and to do something that's a little closer to the, maybe the heart of um, what might be vital to the people who read it, mm-hmm. you know? And in the case of cave drawings, I think it's a really interesting question. I, you know, I, there's some really beautiful cave drawings that I, I think um, can speak to uh, this question of like whether it's whether art is is there to catalog reality mm-hmm. um 
or whether whether art is completely useless and that's why we need it because it saves us from the world of utility mm -hmm. and those are sort of like the po polarities of utility that art is sort of between is like pure functionality and total well what do you think about art as a means of discovering yourself yeah i think i think um <laughs> i i think there is something to that i don't know i think that if people want to discover themselves um that art can be a useful tool but i think that there are other tools that might expedite that process mm -hmm. and also might guide their art um, more to, uh, towards a more common uh, humanity mm -hmm. and a more common reality. Because I think a lot of artists get sort of uh, stuck in sort of, um, I don't know, like when I read my old, <laughs> my old like diaries and mm -hmm. poems and things like that, I'm like, wow, like this, this kind of art was not making me feel better. And I think that, that a lot of artists are in, in that case where they're um, trying to elevate their illnesses in some ways. Um, rather than dealing with their illnesses in objective ways and then enlisting their art in the service of real psychological science. Mm -hmm. There was a great professor that I had who I asked him, like, what's a great book of, what's a great work of literature I should read if I want to cure my depression? And he said, mm -hmm. don't read literature, go see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, yeah. you know, I'm all out of options. I got to go, <laughs> I got to deal with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> on different terms. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, that's, that's basically how totally. I feel. Um, I think this brings us uh, to, towards like the specific missions um, that we're trying to. Yeah, let's jump into it. All right, so th this is actually kind of nice because I, <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just painted this. Um, <laughs> the uh, love conquers all, amor vincit omnia, um, the Latin word for love conquers all. There was a guy down at the Locust Bridge um, uh, who had spray painted and it was just like terrible spray paint and so I felt that it needed to be changed but it was also like really like you know I don't I don't know that people need to read that it said uh, mm. um, uh, fuck bitches get money mm. and uh, you know <laughs> you know uh, yeah. like that's uh, I, I, I was like okay well and it was over it, the thing was like it was tagged over like a beautiful work of graffiti like mm. a beautiful bubble letters and mm. i was like okay well this this wall is kind of screwed so i'm just going to paint over this guy and instead of um uh like responding to it in a sort of dialectic what, what i think we're doing in general is uh um sort of running a parallel so we're not like entering really into a dialogue mm -hmm. with people with our art because there are there's a lot of like really intense negative energy sometimes mm -hmm. that and I, don't, I wouldn't say that this is in intense negative energy mm -hmm. um, it's more just like goofy shit that I don't know that anybody really needs mm -hmm. um, and and so uh, what, what we try to do when we see things like like that or there's just there's some really angry shit that we've seen mm -hmm. um, that either we'll wait to get covered and then we'll put something over it or you know whatever but uh, the this sort of non-dialectic of like we're not going to try to like rationally you know try to um, talk directly to the people that are saying this we're just going to like say something completely different um, which I think sort of guides us towards like the you know, one of the other central ideas is that um, what, what we're doing, I would say, is deeply political. Mm -hmm. Well, real quick, uh, yes. what do you say to those who would spray paint over your tag and write something completely different? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I've, we've gotten painted over before, mm -hmm. um, but not by other graffiti artists. Mm -hmm. um, I would be really interested to see what people would say. Uh, because I feel quite <laughs> quite sure about you know what we're saying as being a really positive thing, mm -hmm. and uh, but like in the mind of whoever wrote "fuck bitches get money," yeah. Yeah. you know he they sorry I'm assuming they yeah. could uh, see that as something positive in their mind. You know I think it's a matter of perspective. Well, I mean I think us three all would agree that there's not that much positive about what they wrote, but I you know I uh -huh. think. In terms of perspective, yeah, maybe they 
you know, saw it as someone needs to see this. And kind of to go with that, I mean, in the tagging culture, there is almost like a game of uh-huh. you you covered mine, I'm going to cover yours. Yeah. Do you guys, you know, get that a lot as well? I mean, yeah, well, the... The the part of the funny thing is like we since since we're not like doing a name, we're and like people don't know really who we are. We don't we can't be easily identified. They can't be like, oh that person tagged over my shit. I'm gonna go fuck up their entire mm-hmm. you know line mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so that's another one of the benefits of <laughs> of doing something that's really anonymous and like very deeply varied. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think there is a benefit to having? a thread throughout all the tags so that people don't think that it's just like random or do you think it's better to sure. just have people see this you know sentence or whatever it is and then uh experience it however they do without any attachments to um who did you know, it or like a yeah somebody yeah yeah that's a really a really good question i would say like there's certain i, I sort of um have this idea of like uh creating mantras that are like visual mantras around around the city um in stencils and in and in words so i think that that's one doorway in but i think a lot of uh you know variety provides a lot of different doorways and a lot of and also the idea of like oh there are multiple people that are are trying to find doorways into awakening Mm -hmm. through this this art form and that sort of feeling of like there's many people doing this you know um uh, that that's something that that somebody who's interested in doing an art form that speaks directly to people and directly towards their their impulse to awaken, mm-hmm. uh, I think, is also a really thing important thing. Like creating as many doors of perception as you can into that world, mm-hmm. uh, but then you know having the repetition of like uh, many opportunities to be reminded of of some of the more salient principles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think in your case. Um it would be a hindrance to have some kind of, Name you know, attached. right. Because then it's like the person's experiencing it completely removed from any, you yes. know, no bias, no nothing. Yes. It's like just the, the pure experience of uh, reading the words and then however they interpret it, just yeah. that, you know. I so, agree. Uh, I agree with that because for what you're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. Um, I think the name adds, if you had a name, it would be ego, ego, that's the word I was going to use. Um, and I think this way it removes that Mm -hmm. and allows people to feel how they feel rather than read what you said. And I think there's an element of dissolving the ego in your work, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, what you talk about how art should be, um, you know, somebody giving to everyone. Uh, I think there's more ego attached. I mean, you could argue mm-hmm. um, if somebody's just doing it for their own personal gain, but when you're really yeah. just doing it purely for, you know, yeah, um, everyone else's experiences, I suppose. Um, you know, then you don't really want that that ego there. Absolutely. Anyway. I mean, that's 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 a, a big point. Like because you know, th- a lot of this shit is illegal that <laughs> we're doing and we're taking a risk mm-hmm. in doing it. And, and so, uh, that, that willingness to like sacrifice mm-hmm. to be like being ready to be like, you know, have any of the nobodies gotten in trouble? Oh, not, not yet. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. Like th- people have reacted to like seeing us paint on the street and for the most part, it's all, all been really positive. Like, Oh, that's really nice. Thank you. Like, thank you guys for doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, the only times that we've ever been yelled at are when people actually didn't see what we were doing and they just heard the spray paint. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then like, whatever. It's funny. There's <laughs> some really funny stories about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. there's places there's places that we've like painted on multiple times and like gotten, uh, you know, We'll go back a second time and somebody will be like, hey, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? And uh, and we'll go back and like 
one part of it is painted over, mm-hmm. but the other part is like still there because they liked that other part. <laughs> so it's just sort of like a, I don't know, aesthetic democracy. Yeah. Now feel free to not answer this, but do you usually only tag at night or do you do it at all hours? All hours. All hours, okay. Yeah. Everybody well, all hours. Opportunistic. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah. Anytime you get a chance. There are legal walls as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's some places where you can like really no problem and just go. We were just talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I wondered right? about that. Yeah, yeah we did some places it's that. like they make places designated for yeah. like a designated wall for tagging. Yeah. Um, it's a good place to practice. Did you, you didn't tag Brady Street, did you? I may have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like big ones? Uh, big ones? I don't think I've done okay, any big okay. ones. What, what would you well, say? Well, there was just some, like, stuff on Brady that... Oh, yeah. But this was on, like, was people's like, houses. Yeah, it was, like, all like, Oh, over. no, Yeah, no, no, I mean, no. that, it was, like, I was, like, surprised to see that because oh, it was in yeah. really, like, out-of-pocket places. Jesus you know, Christ. That, like, that was just, oh, like, my God. you know, I mean... Someone was bold. Yeah, tagging a building the side of a Starbucks, like, whatever. But if you're tagging somebody's house, it's, yeah, like... Yeah, or, like, a on. small business. Or yeah, something. exactly, like, right. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> It's it's interesting. We've tried to we've like tried calling a few people, asking if they want like a legal mural, mm-hmm. you know, just for free. We'll do it. And no, and there's been no takers so far. People aren't even interested. They're like, you know, uh, we don't want to hear anything about it. We're just not interested. Yeah. Well, and do you think that's because <laughs> you want to keep uh, yourselves anonymous? Do you think like people are like, that's a cool idea, but like, we want to know who you are, like. Or do you think it's because they don't have access exactly to like other works? I mean, the, the reference. The, I, I, you know, I wish that we had gotten that far in the conversation because, <laughs> right. because it's like I've, I've called a few people and they're just like, you know, flat out no, mm-hmm. and then like, I have you know, I, an idea. It's gonna be a really simple thing. We'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. Like no, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not even curious about what it is right. or like anything. You don't, you know. But I think, I don't know what's going on with people, but. Mm. I think there's still a perception of some street art that it's like, you know, or graffiti of the, this negative connotation with it sometimes. Yeah. I think sure. people our age probably get it. Yeah. Well, and I think too that a lot of, I mean, it's, for instance, what we saw on Brady Street, a lot of people give it a bad name and a lot of people make it seem yeah. like a really negative yeah, thing. Yeah, like the guy who spray paints like, fuck bitches, get money. Yeah. Right. You know, people see that and they're like, oh, you know, why did someone write that there? And then. Yeah, it's like you're not helping the whole street yeah. art uh, idea, I guess. I mean, yeah, you can, I, I have this idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe I'll do it before this is released, but uh, um, of like you know Black Hat Alley, mm-hmm. I really want to just spray paint a line like from Bra- Black Hat Alley onto the street and like <laughs> right underneath it say like vandalism, not vandalism, yeah. <laughs> like on on both corners, that's um, because that's like basically you know what it is on some level like the other thing is like you know you call it a mural and it's like oh this is like an elevated art form and then you call it you know street art or graffiti or something that people are like eh. yeah i'm gonna backtrack for a minute yeah. and and take back what i said about the guy who spray painted fuck bitches get money is uh-huh. bad for because i think maybe it's just about just self-expression yeah. Yeah. no matter what it totally. is sure um i think that's the beauty of it is being able to express to everyone um, what's on your mind. Yeah. I mean, I know that can be negative sometimes, but um, I think the ability to anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something beautiful about that. Um, sure. You know, yeah. even yeah, and it even though yeah, it might in the grand scheme of things make make it harder for people who take it more seriously, I suppose, to have opportunities. Um, I still think anybody being able to just express themselves, um, there's something really positive about that. I I think there's, there's definitely some truth in that. Um, I also think that if they're going to do that over somebody else's graffiti, then I can do that something over their graffiti. You (laughs) You absolutely can, but then somebody can do it over yours. Yeah. Yeah. Cycle of like, yeah. 
you know, like Kyle said earlier, it's almost like a, not a game of tag, but like a game of like, sure, yeah. you know, tit for tat, you know, yeah. you tag mine, I tag yours, and back yeah. and forth, whatever. And I think that, that, that things can be of relative value to the people that are around it, you know, like kids are hanging out there and like, and you know, there's another one like over by the walking bridge, um, uh, uh, over on, uh, what is the street? It's lower, it's far south from here, but basically like on the stairs leading down there, like somebody had spray painted like, like, um, this is Dahmer city. Like we kill pedophiles and like all this like random shit that oh. like, you know, it's not even ha- yeah, having wow. anything to do with what's <laughs> happening here and now, like with pol- politics or anything like yeah. that. And, and so that got covered up within a short period of time yeah. and then, um, just by the city. And then we went back there and we put like messages of loving kindness Yeah. and, um, and you know, like I, there's a little picnic table on the bottom of there and I was just like watching people, um, go down right after I had painted that and like people were taking pictures of it and like, um, you know, I, I had at one point I was painting and like somebody was running down and he's like, Oh, thank you guys so much for like, you know, doing this. I'm like, yeah, we're happy to do it. Um, but it's one of those things of like relative value. Like when I, I would go, you know, for runs every day up, up and down those stairs and like, you can just feel this like anger and this like Mm -hmm. anxiety and this, you know, radiating from the stairs and like, Oh my God, this person's really fucking disturbed. Mm -hmm. And like, I just want to like wish them well, I don't want to, you know, enter into any sort of argument. I, I just want them to be free and happy. See, and, and in that situation, I would ask, is spray painting, this is, what was it, Dahmer City? We Dahmer City, yeah. Pedophiles. Is yeah. that self-expression, or is that just spreading a this is angry. weird message? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. fuck bitches get money is more of, like, a humorous expression than, yeah, like, exactly. kill, kill pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. It's um, tough, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess I don't know because it could be, you know, if it's a message of hate, there's nothing there's positive. There's nothing good. Yeah. Nothing positive. Yeah, and there that. are messages of hate going so, on in the city. That one's tough, I suppose. You know, yeah. like people, you know, spray painting on people's houses, like, yeah. uh, like leave the city, like, yeah. all, all, all this fucked up shit, like. But then yeah. it's like, who's the like, who's the gatekeeper? Then you know, it's like, what can you say and what can't you? Like, who decides that? Yeah, I think it's either it's like an all or nothing. Yeah. situation and not that i support everything but i think it has to be yeah to a degree i mean i don't there's not really it's not really like a area where there's rules sure. i think you know yeah. so i think it is either it's like really everything wild or west. nothing yeah, exactly yeah. yeah so um I, w- I would say if we if we can switch to like the, the design yeah, and yeah. the psychology i think this segues really nicely into like um like um how how we sort of um guide our our principles into into a form and so there's certain things that we are trying to accomplish uh through uh, using psychology basically in our artwork to help to you know facilitate these uh, processes of of well-being and and learning well-being and uh you know threading the needle of moment to moment experience into uh, a sort of narrative of of the city as being a place that uh, is, you know, where awakening can happen when you. Because one of the things, one of the things, just as a as a just a general note on on street art and graffiti is that it has this unique position, especially now, where people see it when number one they're not looking at their phone, yeah, and number two when they're out outside walking. And both of those things are tremendously healthy. And, and what happens with neuroplasticity is when we're physically active, when we're undistracted, and that, that, at that moment, um, we have a greater amount of uh, change that can occur. People say, like, in the wake of yeah. aerobic exercise, for example, or during aerobic exercise, that is, like, the best thing that you can do for your brain, partly because it makes it really way more flexible yeah it's almost like a meditation in itself exactly I think. yeah so that's that's just as a blanket you know statement about all whatever's happening your your mind is like ready to learn something there's learning that's happening every time that you're undistracted and moving your body mm-hmm. and if you think about that in a sort of evolutionary biology sense it makes sense like anytime that i'm moving i'm either you know 
uh, approaching or avoiding a situation. Mm-hmm. And I need to know um, how to process that in order to approach and avoid in the future. Mm-hmm. So that just as a general note. And then um, there's other things that I think uh, can build on top of that. For example, the incompleteness principle, which is that we are uncomfortable with ideas or concepts that feel incomplete. Mm-hmm. So for example, dun da 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 dun <laughs> yeah, it's like you your brain's I mean? expecting something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so what's happening there is like the cognitive momentum mm-hmm. that you're bringing to, in order for you to complete it um, triggers something in our memory uh, that makes it more salient. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ideas that we're trying to uh, push with, you know, saying like, I'm grateful for blank. Mm-hmm. We want another graffiti artist to fill in that blank. Mm-hmm. When I dream, I dream of blank. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, I want them to come in and to say something. Now, would you argue, I would argue that in the case with the little jingle, it's like your your brain's expecting this thing. We like patterns mm-hmm. and your brain's mm-hmm. expecting this ending versus having an open-ended sentence like that. You don't know exactly, there's no like, rhythm to it and it's it's like um you know anything could go there versus in the jingle you know exactly what needs to go yes so maybe so maybe then um are you saying that what belongs in that spot is whatever is completing for whoever's writing it in yeah okay sure okay which could be yeah bitches or money (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know um i think another thing is that like uh that uh, we also want to create like challenging situations mm-hmm. uh, for people, like things that don't entirely m- make sense all the time, but like that, that give you a sort of, it's sort of a different version of the incompleteness principle, but when things are challenging, when our mind uh, recognizes that something is not understood completely, mm-hmm. um, there can be this, uh, again, this sort of gravitational energy around how, how do I make sense of this? And the things that get pulled into that are, are sort of a part of that. Um, Interesting. So, for example, like questions, questions, asking people questions, like, do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. That's something that we ask a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, is this vandalism? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also things like the urgency, surprise, um, certain, certain puzzles, questions and humor like we had talked about um yeah the incompleteness principle sort of plays on this idea of like a a graphic scavenger hunt so like we'll put up a piece wait for somebody to fill in the blanks and sometimes people will sometimes they won't but uh it's always funny just to see like the the city entering into this sort of anonymous dialogue Mm -hmm. so do you guys log all of this somewhere no no, we don't. <laughs> so you put it up, and then it's there until it's gone, and then yeah. that's it? Yeah. Okay. But you kind of have to be, like, unattached to the work, right? You have yeah. to be, like, prepared to yeah. make it and then never see it again. Yes. Um, interesting. And oftentimes, like, things do get painted over, mm-hmm. and, like, nice things get painted over, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Know? But it's, like, it's what it is. Like, you know, several things... You know, we've put up hundreds of pieces and like, like there's pieces that I've seen, you know, on the walls for years and years. And like a lot of this shit's going to last a really long time Mm -hmm. and continue to to feed people's moment to moment experience Mm -hmm. in in intimate and uh, beneficial ways. And we're pretty sure about, you know, the the sorts of effects that we're talking about. Because not only like things like be here now, Mm -hmm. that's a mantra you'll see a lot around the city if you if you look around mm-hmm. and um, that's just like a very grounding um, sort of heuristic for life be here now. Um, and I don't know that there's a lot of negative negative um, consequences for being in the present. Mm-hmm. You know? wow. so, Interesting thought. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of things you might look out for. Like be here now. Uh, there's another thing that we sometimes do is like moment by moment by moment, and then like indefinitely, mm-hmm. um, kindness by kindness by kindness by kindness, and and like I said, a lot of this stuff, like I we think of it as as being deeply political, 
because um, we're sort of trying to undermine the foundations of political divisiveness and um, in, a, in a way that brings people back to the ground of their being in some way. Mm-hmm. There's this interesting study that's been replicated many times in um, psychological research, which is like the Good Samaritan study, mm-hmm. which essentially took these uh, these priests yeah. <laughs> who, uh, who and you know asked asked these priests, uh, we want you to write a sermon about uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, and we want you to give it at this church uh, at this time, and they divided these into these priests into groups, and they said okay. This group is going to arrive at the church and it's going to, I mean, they're all going to arrive at basically the wrong church and they're going to be told you have to go to this church. Mm-hmm. But the difference is we're going to tell some people that they have a lot of time to get there and other people that they have to get there as fast as they can um, or they're going to be late and they're going to, you know, it's going to be problematic. So along the way, they had a, uh, another researcher uh, essentially act out uh, falling down and like hurting themselves mm-hmm asking for help. So this person who is about to give a speech on the Good Samaritan, whether um, the question is essentially, if somebody is under pressure, can they uh, realize their altruistic intentions? Mm -hmm. And essentially, when people are stressed out, they are not very good at, even if their whole life is about, you know, being a good person, if they're under enough stress, they will completely forget those principles mm-hmm. and be concerned about their own suffering rather than those around them. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Because if, yeah. if your brain is like in stress mode, I think it kind of like lets go of everything else for the moment to figure out how to go back to normal. Yes. You're kind of like fixated on that one, you know. It's like an alarm going off that you have to like yeah. do everything to turn off. But that's it's fascinating though. I mean, you know, it's... Um, wow. Yeah. So the question of how we can become better people is uh, is often like like it's kind of a weird thing to say, but like stress reduction is a political thing. Mm-hmm. There. In what way? In the sense of like, you know, you've seen all these political ads that are just yeah. trying to like light your amygdala on fire, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and to try to shut off any rationality, and they're pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. And not only are the political ads, you know, any. All fronts of culture mm-hmm. are sort of trying to profit by uh, by stress, mm-hmm. and they are profiting by stress largely. And then there's the whole industry that's trying to profit by de-stressing. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a whole there's a there's a whole world uh, out on the street that's trying to to make you less stressed uh, that isn't doing it for money. And that's the vernacular conception. <laughs> it's, it's tough though when like screens. Anytime you're looking at a screen, yeah, it's constantly like. It dominates. And, and yeah. a lot of times the thing, what you see on screen, like how often do you get stressed from something you see on a screen? Like if you're watching the news or you're on social media, whatever yeah. it is, it's like, I mean, I've always, even though my screen time was high as fuck, I've always yeah. been, you know, yeah. I've never really liked screens that much. Um, when everything's meant to trigger you one way or another now. Yeah. 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 Especially I mean, now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's another really fascinating study that's, that's really uh, widely cited, um, and that's related to just like even if you're not, you know, getting bombarded with stress-inducing messages, mm-hmm. the fact that you're distracted, mm-hmm. that you aren't fully engaged. They did this study um, asking, like, messaging people. You know, they had two questions: one, uh, how focused are you on what you're doing right now, and two, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And what happened was basically like 50% of the time, people were not really focusing on what they're doing, and um, the second result is like we're much much less happy mm-hmm. when we're not fully engaged with the here and now with what we're doing um, well but yeah. when you live in such a complex society yeah. how are you able how is anyone able to just fully be in the moment especially too it's hard. you know because you're not supposed to the way we evolved it's none of your business what's going on in turkey sure you know what i mean because yeah. a thousand you know, 10,000 years ago, you had no idea what was happening on the other side of the planet. Yeah. So now that you're aware of everything happening everywhere all the time, I think it's, it's, it's harder than ever to fully be engaged in the present and not 
yeah. of your mind wandering, especially to with cell phones have uh, conditioned us to um, not to be somewhere else while you're somewhere, you know, yeah. you're mentally somewhere else when you're on your phone in a room with your friends, you're mentally not there. Um, if you're like watching a movie and you check your phone, it's like, it's, you can't do both at the same time, you know? Yeah. So I think, yeah. It, we're, we're definitely like on a, in an attention economy, mm -hmm. you know, 100%. and people are really like, for like, you know, for so many years, the main people that were funding uh, psychology research were advertising agencies. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, like, so there's this real issue of, you know, they're money, really, money really driven. good yeah. <laughs> yeah, at getting us to comply uh, with, our, uh, with our attention. So it's a, it's a sticky, sticky world. Um, yeah, it's crazy, too, because, like, the phrase is pay attention. Like, you're literally yeah. paying. That's, like, the currency. Your attention is the currency. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to cut through that, and uh, we're hoping that this can be that this is one avenue for that. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And in ways that I think are are well established in like the psychological literature. Mm -hmm. For example, these messages of loving kindness that we are putting all over the city, mm -hmm. like those are messages that, like in very specific ways, have been studied, mm -hmm. and you know have traditions of thousands of thousands of years, and and so we feel like pretty secure that th those messages are, are feeding into people's hearts in, in fruitful ways. Um, and, but not in a way that, that is like, you know, trying to confront or, you know, trying to push away any of their sort their experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but just a simple message that, that I, I think, um, people don't often get, which is like, um, that people, people are praying for each other. People are really wishing well for each other. Mm -hmm. And we often don't see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the shitty part too, right? It's like on the news and the, what the, the most dramatic story gets the most views when you have like a really positive story. There's almost nothing no really positive. Yeah. yeah, they don't because, even air the positive you know, stuff. Negative stuff is like, so exciting and it like triggers something in your head where yeah. You know, um, well, but I agree. Yeah. People do now more than ever, I think, or especially now, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, need to hear this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity. Yeah. There's also a lot of positivity there that's not positivity. being seen too. But I, I remember that. Yeah, and I think that, that, that like another thing is that's problematic is that that we have these altruistic intentions deep down, and um, but the 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 the, con the the construct of altruism uh, in the human brain and in you know our sort of evolutionary psychology uh, around empathy, for example, mm -hmm. it uh, sets us up for a very like sectarian way of um, giving each other um, kindness. And so I think that on some level our our empathic responses which we take at face value as being positive um can also often put us into dilemmas of moral uh reason so that's another sort of deal that we're trying to like work out is like how how do we um create a world where we can empathically understand what the experiences of others are in this sort of deeply mysterious world where we're all wearing masks and we can't read each other's faces mm -hmm. and um, all the messages that we get from that are mediated are telling us something. Um, how do we sort of cut through that and, and have a, um, moral reasoning that is equitable, mm -hmm. that is really equitable mm -hmm. and that accounts for, you know, reality, <laughs> yeah. whatever that is. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, what's this, uh, face jam? Is that where we're at? Sure. Yeah. We can talk about like some, some where of these other things. I think um, we were jumping around a little bit. Yeah. The face jam is a, an invention by Linda Berry, who is a great comics artist. She just won an Eisner award. She lives in, uh, uh, Madison and she's a teacher. She's a professor there. And she wrote this book, uh, Making Comics, mm -hmm. recently, which won you know all these awards, 
and she's been around forever and she's like a total icon in the underground comics world. And she created this activity called the, the character jam and the face jam. And basically what you do is each, you get two people or however many people as you want and you take it step by step. One person or, you know, a group of people does the shape of the face or the body. And then the next person does like the eyes and you, you're constantly swapping, um, writing, drawing on other people's drawings and uh, eventually you have this collaborative work of art. So that's the idea of the Face Jam as being uh, a space for creative, invest creative and cooperative investigation um, of ideas and emotions and uh, identities and things like that mm -hmm. is something that we've been thinking about a lot and been doing a lot with, uh, with the, some of the more directly like... Uh, visual arts and I think it's been just interesting um, bringing that from the from the really like I don't know obscure world of underground comics into a, um, so you kind of put art. these up around yeah okay have you seen any of the results um, what do you mean like, so so you draw you oh, put oh yeah right? yeah, uh -huh. yeah 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 I see what you're saying yeah yeah so yeah well, well we've mainly done it like between each other okay because okay. like I think there's a, there's um this, you understand it. yeah because yeah. because we we all know that we're like a part of it right. and so like typically straight artists will be like you know I, I don't want to draw on this other person's thing mm -hmm. but we'll like add things to theirs and then be like you know <laughs> put some eyes on this one mm -hmm. and yada yada and so things will grow that way um, yeah. So that's been fun. Is there anywhere, you know, I don't know if you want to give locations. That's but sure. can That was a question I wanted to have. Yeah, answer. yeah. So so the, most of the locations that we've that we've hit so far, like we're not going to go back to mm -hmm. for a little while at least. Yeah. So uh, it's Probably fine if we talk about it. Like, um, yeah, so there's a walking bridge by North Avenue mm -hmm. that's got a lot of our stuff, um, both on top of it, underneath it, on the railings, on the stairs. That's like a good spot there's a lot of legal walls around that area as well so okay. if you go if you go around there there's also legal walls um that you can check out that um you might be able to identify stuff that is uniquely ours mm -hmm. um yeah so that that's a good spot there's places on the south side that okay. we've been to uh, by the washington park urban ecology center what else um we we're all over the trash cans, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's really like I think that's really funny because like I I feel like if any of us ever get 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 caught for like drawing on a trash can, I think that's just like the most funny thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought of a question here. So yeah. you know, you said there's legal walls around the city. Mm -hmm. um, is there any concern of like? let's say you draw on a legal wall, mm -hmm. uh, you can do that legally, mm -hmm. but do you think people would ever identify you or someone else potentially um, by like what you put mm -hmm. on a legal wall and seeing you do it legally mm -hmm. to things that are illegal stuff? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a good question because like it's, I've seen people multiple times, like the same people, um, and that's just like, oh shit, like, I don't, I don't want to see people more than once so I'm like out, out doing this shit but um for the most part I think people are really really cool like oh you know what you doing you know just painting um this, this is a legal wall or like I don't know when 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 I've been chewed out for it it's been like if you don't like it I can come back and remove it and they're yeah. like fuck off you know whatever and I'm like no I'm serious like if you don't like this I will remove it I will you know I'll do whatever I can to remove it because I really believe in what we're doing and I think it deserves a spot and I think people deserve to see it. That's one of the reasons why we, we sort of call ourselves the nobodies is because there's this passage from the, the story of the Odyssey, which I had included somewhere on here, but um, the story essentially goes like this. Odysseus lands on this island and he discovers this cave that's full of goat cheese and he being a Greek, uh, assumes that this person that occupies the cave uh, will return soon and offer them, you know, food and wine um, before they leave the next morning and continue on their journey back home. 
lo and behold, uh, Zeus, who's got like, you know, a hit out for, <laughs> for Odysseus, his son, uh, is a Cyclops yeah. and you know, he returns to the cave and is like, Oh my God, you know, all these Greeks, yum, yum, yum. I'm going to go, I'm going to eat you. And so he like, you know, closes the, the mouth of the cave and, uh, uh, you know, he's got the sheep and the the people there, and he's trapped them. And he, you know, starts eating the Greeks. And um, Odysseus gets him drunk, and uh, the Cyclops falls asleep. Right after that, they sharpen this huge stick and drive it through the Cyclops's eye. Mm-hmm. And and the Cyclops screams out for help. He's like. Oh, I should back up. So, I, Odysseus has, has identified his name as nobody. My name is nobody. And um, Polyphemus doesn't really get the joke. But he, you know, once he gets hit in the eye, he's like, ah, help me. Nobody's hurting me. Nobody's hurting me. And every, mm. all the other Cyclopses on the island are like, what is he talking about? Nobody's hurting him. Okay, whatever. We're just going to go back. And um, so eventually they escape by, um, by way of the, of the sheep. And, um, you know, make it back. Um, and eventually Odysseus, you know, screams out his name um, in a point of, you know, high-risk activity. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Polyphemus reports back to uh, his police parent, <laughs> Zeus, who then, you know, destroys his ships later on. But the, this idea of, like... Uh, of being anonymous and like you know puncturing the eye of of like um of people that's sort of what the the idea of identifying as nobody is Mm -hmm. it's like we don't want to give people the option to awaken interesting (laughs) concept yeah which is ironic because you know we're we're he's like blinding people right (laughs) yeah yeah Um, so we're sort of using it as like a you know seeing the light yeah but wow. in like a sort of aggressive way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like cool. that book? Oh yeah. 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 What are some of your favorite books? Not and yeah, just to go through. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're into literature. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, the classics are near and dear. Uh, definitely like the, the divine comedy is, is something that I've read mm. a lot of. Um, some that I've read probably more than the classics though in recent years has just been like this like really intense study of the um, spiritual classics and of uh, of psychology literature specifically around positive psychology and specifically around meditation which has just sort of blown up you know in all these different ways um, but in in if you're interested in like the scientific aspect that that is something that like if you know a little bit about the science, it's like totally what's happening with mindfulness and with meditation is totally unprecedented in the history of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that we are, we are getting so specific with not just um, like treating pathologies, but fully curing pathologies mm-hmm. like depression and anxiety um, through, it's sort of called the, the third wave of psychotherapy. So the third wave is, is something that I've read a lot about um, which is sort of integrating a lot of these different um, practices in into things like cognitive behavioral therapy, especially. So that's been something that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> really cool. So what else do we have on the uh, itinerary? Shortcut mm-hmm. docs. Images to look out for. Yeah, images to look out for. We use a lot of um, Keith Haring as like sort of templates. Mm. So the in the history of street art, um, two of the most famous street artists are Keith Haring and Banksy, mm-hmm. and both of them are really significant in their own way, mm-hmm. and you know, very much revered by us, but. Uh, there's different, there's subtle differences that I think um, sway us in favor of Keith Haring's approach a little bit more. Um, both of them are great, uh, especially as a matter of like uh, their humanitarian efforts. Yeah. That they're not just like provoking, you know, 
um, people, but that, that they're like, you know, donating and their whole life is about humanitarian causes essentially. And, but the way that, that Keith Haring does it in his art, um, seems a little bit closer and it seems like, uh, that's the sort of uh, trajectory that we're working out of more than maybe Banksy whose work, uh, is more of just like a critique mm -hmm. rather than Keith Haring, which is more of a facilitation of certain processes, mm -hmm. which is, I, I think what we're trying to go for. We're trying to sort of bypass the like emotional, uh, intellectual, like complex web of things. We're just sort of like trying to speak very directly and very simply, which is what, something that Keith Haring did through his pictographic um, visual language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you ever, um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the stuff that like Basquiat and Al Diaz did, like the yeah. same old, all those. Because yeah. those are more like, I would, I mean, they asked questions and they, they were, did a lot of sentences and stuff. Whereas like mm -hmm. Keith Haring was a lot of like, yeah, imagery. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the first thing I thought of, um, you know, when you kind of talked about putting questions with lines. Because they did like, which is the follow, which of the following is omnipotent. Yeah. It was like the Catholic Church, Coca-Cola, Samo, <laughs> and then I forget the fourth one. But um, those kind of like multiple choice yeah. graffiti, you Interactive. know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, 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 I do see our, what we're doing as like being new mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but totally. I, but I do also see, you know, I recognize the great tradition. Of course. Yeah. Know. And there's no, like a lot of people have a lot of opinions on originality, but yeah. you know, it's like they, they drew from somewhere just like everyone draws from something, yeah. you know? Um, but I agree. Yeah. What you're doing is really cool. Um, yeah. And, and unique. Yeah, we just hope that it's effective for people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like we're honestly like I, I, I like you know, the question of um whether something is is you know, cuz the thing is like in something like meditation, what you're doing is essentially like repeating something like an insane person, but mm -hmm. it's like you know, it's uh, the contents of what you're repeating is like uh very vital mm -hmm. in some way it might be really unoriginal to like focus on your breath for the 10,000th time. Um, but it might be like exactly what you need to do in the, mm -hmm. in the moment. And, and it's also something that we're doing all the time in less productive ways. You know, people like, I don't know what the quantified number is, but like the number of thoughts that are the same is like, you know, really high, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, it, uh, whether we're thinking new thoughts is, I think, less important, especially because we're trying to like ground it in a in the history of psychotherapy, yeah, um, and you know, contemplative tradition, which you know can go back to the, you know, um, and I think the question is more of like what things are, what thoughts are worth repeating, um, yeah, hmm. and I think Keith Haring and Basquiat and all those guys have have different contributions to, to what we need yeah. for the COVID era and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, are there any other points you wanted to go over? I know we jumped around a little bit. Yeah, I feel uh, pretty comfortable with like a lot of um, what we've touched on. I think we sort of covered most of the most of the field. Okay. <laughs> um, the last part is really just the uh, call to call to action for the other artists. If I can speak directly to them. Yeah, uh, go for it. The floor is all yours. All right, cool. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll read from this statement. Um, this is a call to artists to incite peace. I want to send a message directly to the listeners. Whether you consider yourself an artist or not, the city of Milwaukee needs you to take responsibility for your consciousness and that of others. Lives are on the line. We need compassion and wisdom more than ever. Whether you decide to read our graffiti or to make your own, keep this in mind. You are not alone. You are not alone when you decide to receive a message of kindness or when you decide to create one. The small, anonymous little worlds we are tunneling into during this time have meeting points, places of connection in which we can discover the jewel of compassion that connects us in the deepest and darkest depths of suffering. 
Through the refractions of art, we can facilitate the ideas and feelings that make art worth make. <laughs> I'm sorry. Through the refractions of art, we can facilitate the ideas and feelings that make life worth living and fighting for. It is difficult and dangerous. It takes courage and creativity to see the world this way. But there is no sacrifice that is more worthwhile than our collective li liberation. We do it together or not at all. There it is, folks. Yep. Thanks for coming well, on, nobody. <laughs> yeah, nobody. It's been a pleasure. It's been real. Thank um, you. Very interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, all right. Artists we know. This is Aiden. This is Kyle. This is nobody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.